Now, we're now joined by Joram Jaron von Quaveren, who is a former Dutch politician. As a member of the Party for Freedom, he was an MP from 17th of June 2010 until 21st of March 2014. Welcome to, uh, to Islam Channel, Joram. Thank you. Good. How is the situation in Gaza impacting in the Netherlands? Yeah, uh, first of all, thank you for uh, the invitation. Um, uh, it was, uh, and it still is, it's, it has a very big impact, of course, because uh, a lot of people feel uh, with the Palestinians, uh, and we've seen uh, mass demonstrations here as well, just like in the UK, in the United States, and I think all over the world, because what we see here is that our government, the Dutch government, uh, is saying something else and is acting in a different way than most of the people in the Netherlands feel. I mean, a very similar situation to that in Britain and indeed the United States, where the, there is a disconnect between the government, uh, and in Britain's case, the main opposition party, and the opinion polls, which show, you know, in Britain's case, 76% uh, support for a ceasefire. A big disconnect then. And that same yeah. picture in the Netherlands, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, same picture here. And it's complicated in the Netherlands because Unlike here in the UK, you've got a far-right party, Gert Wilders, which emerged as the biggest party in the recent elections, which has an anti-Islam agenda. So that makes the situation a bit more difficult, doesn't it? Or different, I should say. Yeah, he won uh, 37 seats, so let's say uh, a quarter. 25% uh, of all seats in Parliament are now uh, for the Freedom Party. And uh, like you told in the, in the beginning, uh, it's, it's my old party. I was a member there. Uh, from 2010 till 2014. After that, I was still in Parliament until 2017. And um, what we see now is that the, the Freedom Party is very anti-Palestinian in a way, because they uh, are perhaps one of the most extreme parties when it comes to the conflict of Palestine-Israel, because they have in their political program um, the, the whole idea that Palestine already exists. And they say it's called Jordan. So all Palestinian people should move to Jordan. That's the solution of the Freedom Party. And the problem is, of course, that they are in charge now. There's not, there's no coalition yet, but the chances are very big that they will be in government in, uh, in, yeah, in a few months. And can I ask why you left the Freedom Party? Uh, yeah, I, well, I left the Freedom Party because uh, I was uh, very, very anti-Islam. Um, very anti-Islam. I uh, grew up in a very... Protestant environment, a conservative Protestant environment. So uh, we were one of the last, I think, practicing Christians in Amsterdam in the 80s, because I'm a little, um, most of the people are there are secular, liberal, of course, very uh, progressive uh, back then, all still are. Um, and I, I grew up with the idea that uh, we as the Protestant church and the beliefs of the Protestant church were the only people who had the truth with a capital T. Uh, and when it came to other religions, especially Islam, we were very biased and uh, yeah, pretty negative. Uh, so that was how I grew up. When I was a little bit older, I uh, started reading a lot of books from uh, yeah, people like Martin Luther, Calvin, Swingley, people like that. And so it it, it uh, confirmed my idea that I already had because they wrote about Islam in a very negative way. Then I went to university. I studied comparative religion at the Free University. But the first day I went to college was September 11, 2001. So I already was very biased. Then I saw these planes hitting the buildings, people dying, and all of the media was talking about Islam, Islam is an attack on the West, etc. 
And in 2000, then I thought to myself, well, what can I do to protect the country? Because in the same year of in 2004, there was this famous filmmaker in the Netherlands called Theo van Gogh. And he was murdered in the street by a guy who called himself a jihadi. And I thought to myself, well, I have to do something to protect the country against this evil ideology called Islam, because I see all these people dying and uh, it's, it's a horrible thing. So uh, in that year, uh, Freedom Party, Geert Wilders, the one who is now uh, becoming uh, probably the, the biggest party in the coalition, um, he, uh, he started his own party, an anti-Islam party. And I thought, well, that's the guy I'm looking for. So I joined the party. And in 2014, we got into a fight because, uh, like I said, we were a very anti-Islam party. That's the core message, uh, remove Islam from Europe. Um, but then he was starting to talk about Moroccan people per se, only about Moroccan people. And he asked during a political rally, do you want more or less Moroccan people in the Netherlands? And everybody starts screaming and shouting, less, less, less. And he said, well, vote for me, I'll make that happen. But I was, like I said, very anti-Islam, but I wasn't anti-Moroccan per se. Of course, a lot of Moroccan people are Muslim, but we all also had people from, with a Moroccan background working for the Freedom Party. They were no Muslims, of course, but they were Moroccan. So I told him it's kind of a betrayal to say that you want to get rid of all Moroccan people while these people are also working for you, fighting with our, our fight, so to say. And then he said, well, that's collateral damage. And I thought, yeah, well, that's not my cup of tea. Then I left. And then I, in 2014, I started writing a book. And uh, it was supposed to be an anti-Islam book. But during writing the book, I came across so much information. It was as odds with the things I thought I knew that it changed my perception. And then it became halfway through like a search for God. And it ended up with me becoming a Muslim. That's a remarkable story. I mean, uh, I've... A progression from, if you don't mind me saying, the far right, uh, if I can call it that, to uh, to Islam. It's a, a fairly remarkable journey, if I may say so. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, but especially when you look at the the, the political uh, uh, the political aspects of it. But for me, it was more like a religious journey, uh, because, like I said, I was brought up as a very practicing Christian. I was a practicing Christian, believing Christian. So when you look at, uh, so to say, the theology, of course, there are big differences. But uh, the whole idea that there is like a creator, uh, there is uh, an afterlife, uh, there, is, there, are holy, there are holy books, there's a prophet, etc. Those things are in a way similar. Um, but yeah, when I looked at Christianity, for me, and of course, that's a personal thing, uh, it wasn't complete. And uh, the day I discovered, so to say, Islam uh, from the Islamic sources, not so much about uh, from the Orientalist or Western or Eastern sources, but really the Islamic sources, it really uh, fit. And it, all the, 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 the puzzle, so to say, the puzzle was complete. So um, yeah, for me, it was uh, it, it was uh, really like uh, coming home in a religious sense. But of course, uh, when it comes to politics, it's a big, big difference, of course. But in a way, most of the far right are kind of conservative. It's uh, only a pity that most of these people uh, became uh, on, on the way like racists. And uh, a lot of people are very anti-Islam, so Islamophobes as well. But besides that, there are a lot of things that we have in common. Uh, traditional family, uh, uh, we, we like uh, the, the, the whole concept of uh, uh, the old school um, uh, way of upbringing the children, stuff like that. So there are some things that you have in common, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, they are very anti-Islam. And uh, yeah, of course, that's the core of, of your existence as a believer. Uh, so that is a problem. Well, of course, I mean, if you look at the United States, many Christian evangelicals who are Protestants, uh, you know, and quite often 
take, uh, support Israel, but they themselves reflect it as well. A religious the tradition is quite anti-Semitic because there is that kind of going back to Martin Luther, as you touch on. So it's kind of ironic that you can have these Christian evangelicals who are not pro-Judaism, but support Israel, is it not? Yes, uh, but for me, when because when I was in the Freedom Party, I was very pro-Israel as well. And it really, for me, it was not because uh, in the in the in the far right there are two groups, so to say. You have the religious groups. Uh, you mentioned them, for example, the evangelicals from the U.S. But you also have secular far right organizations, secular far right individuals and politicians like Geert Wilders, because he's not a religious man, but he says for us, Israel is like a Western base in the Middle East. So we'll have they are fighting our fight against Islam. So we'll support them no matter what. So that's the secular part. But when you look at from a theological point of view, when I was brought up as a Christian, we were always thought that you had to support Israel because in the Bible, in the in Genesis, the first book, there's a chapter, chapter 12, and it says, he who blesses Abraham will be blessed by the Lord. And they read it like they, it's not like so much Abraham, they say, he who blesses Israel is blessed by the Lord. So you have to bless Israel no matter what, because they think that's what the Bible says. Of course, when you take it uh, with a context of back then, yeah, it's, it's a whole other story, but the theology in the far right, when it comes to the Christian far right and the evangelical, that they want to support Israel because the Bible, they think the Bible says they have to, they have to uh, support them. Let's just go back to the situation in Gaza. Has the uh, the Dutch government just completely supported Israel, or has there been any nuances in its position? No, the government, uh, they supported it 100%. They said, well, uh, you can do whatever you want. There were even some oppositions, uh, opposition parties here. They said, well, don't we have to look at the context? Because you cannot say, just do whatever you want. And they said, really, there was a literal sense, this is not the time for looking at contexts. So it's, it's really, it's, it's almost crazy because I've never heard people in government, especially the Dutch government, because we're always preaching about human rights, especially to other uh, parties, other organizations, other countries. And now when it comes to Israel, they are blind all of a sudden. And they say, yeah, well, that, this is not the time for human rights. They have to defend themselves. I mean, that's, uh, that's part of the, the picture. I mean, you get, uh, commonly, you get people here in the UK saying, look, over Ukraine, when the Russians carried out a criminal invasion, we did this, we put on sanctions, we took uh, we took measures, et cetera, et cetera. When it comes to what Israel is doing in Palestine, in Gaza, nothing happens. There's double standards here, is there not? Yeah, uh, very much. That's very, the, the double standards, it's almost sickening because we've even seen people here from the far right that said, okay, this is going too far. Well, if people from the far right who don't like Islam, who don't like Palestine are saying this is going too far, then I think that if you are a moderate organization or a moderate political organization, that you should ask yourself if this is the correct way. I don't think so, of course. Yeah. I mean, here in the UK, the, the demonstrations, which have been very significant in size, have also drawn big support obviously from the muslim community but from across across society they've drawn support including many many jews who come out against what israel is doing young people and it's not just young people but young people in particular are moving away from what may have been a sort of tradition of support for israel which existed here that's gone is that the same picture in the netherlands 
Yeah, that's the same because the support is not only uh, there are not only Muslims supporting. Uh, I think when you look at it in a in an absolute way, uh, not so much relative, but in an absolute way, perhaps even more non-Muslims are marching with them. Of course, because there are not so much so many Muslims here. Uh, so it's it's a very uh, broad or a broad movement, so to say, with Muslims, non-Muslims, and also uh, indeed uh, Jews. Uh, but all most of them, the, the Jewish people, are young young people, like you said. And I think that has to do with secularization, uh, because, like I said, in in the Netherlands, people used to support Israel because uh, of what uh, they thought the Bible teaches them. But a lot of people are not Christian anymore. So the, the whole theological argument is gone. And when you look at it from a political perspective, and not so much, if you're older, of course, there's World War II, uh, and especially continental Europe, uh, the Netherlands, Germany, etc. They play a big part in the whole creation of Israel and the support for Israel from Europe because a lot of people feel guilty and horrible things happened of course in the past uh, the whole Holocaust etc but uh, younger people don't feel that connection with history anymore so and in a way it's not an argument of course of course if, if something ha bad happened to you in the past that doesn't mean that you can do something bad to people in the present and I think that is a big problem. And uh, that, that doesn't mean that it's that, that the Holocaust didn't exist, etc. Of course, it, it exists and it's horrible what took place in the Netherlands and in Germany and all the other uh, European countries. But it's not an it's not an argument to say, okay, now you can do whatever you want with the Palestinian people. It's ridiculous. I mean, the other reason why I'm in way back in, in this country, in Britain, was the the Labour Party. The equivalent of your socialist parties uh, supported Israel because even before actually the Balfour Declaration, they supported the creation of a Jewish state in uh, is, uh, in uh, Palestine. They did that because they saw Zionism as being a socialist project. They looked at the kibbutz. I mean, that's largely gone now. There isn't any idea. I mean, the idea that some Palestine, Israel is some kind of socialist society, uh, communal, etc. That's just gone out the window now, hasn't it? Yeah, but it is true. Uh, Israel started, it was like a socialist organization almost that became a country. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the kibbutz, and if you look at all the old prime ministers, they were all from a very left wing uh, political um, uh, part of uh, the, the specter, so to say. So uh, that, that is gone indeed. Uh, and that's the same here because uh, we, uh, of course, we have Timmermans. Uh, he used to be uh, a European. Uh, one of the guys uh, who run the show in Europe, uh, he became uh, now uh, the leader of the Labour Party in the Netherlands. He lost the elections, but he's still here now. Uh, but he was very, uh, so to say, um, in conflict with, it, with itself in his own party. Because in the past, they used to support Israel because of the, 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 the socialist aspect, so to say. But now, a lot of youngsters, especially in the party, they said, that, well, we don't want to support this kind of behavior. And this kind of, uh, of of politics, so there was a big struggle for them, and I don't know how it is in in the UK, but in the Netherlands, you you see that the Labour Party is shifting sides as well. Now, I mean, it's a very similar picture here, where the Labour leader Sakir Starmer has uh, refused to call for a ceasefire in Gaza, but there's been a number of uh, resignations of local uh, local authority representatives, uh, Muslim and non-Muslim. There's been a big row. A number of uh, ministers, shadow ministers were uh, resigned or were sacked. So I mean, it's a very similar similar picture. Uh, you know, in many ways, the United Kingdom and Netherlands are quite similar in, uh, in uh, you know, in many other ways ways as well.
I mean, looking at the situation, I mean, you mentioned uh, uh, international law. I mean, it's not just the governments like the Dutch government, the British government, the American government turn a blind eye to Israel uh, breaking international law. The Israelis themselves don't recognize international law and thus just don't accept they've got any, they've done, they're doing anything wrong in Gaza at this very moment as we speak, do they? Yeah, but but again, like like you mentioned in the beginning, it is it is the government that 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 does this, so to say. And when you look at the people, because also in Israel there are also people protesting still until this day against the policies of their own government. Uh, and of course, they are in a so-called war now. Uh, so so I think it's a little bit harder to protest on the streets, etc., because Israel. Although people say it's it's like a, a democracy, it's not a democracy in a European sense, of course. Um, uh, yeah, it, it is it is a big problem uh, that that uh, that the Israeli government doesn't recognize uh, international law, because on the one hand they ask about uh, for people for the support of people uh, looking at international law, and at the same time when they break international law, they don't recognize it. So you cannot have both, of course. It's it's all or nothing. So, uh, and I think it's a problem because uh, if if we lose international law uh, and we don't recognize it anymore, then it, it becomes very uh, hard to talk with each other and have uh, normal relations uh, between countries. I mean, the irony is as well. I mean, uh, the Netherlands has always been one of the major. I mean, you touched on this. It's been one of the major upholders of international uh, of international law. It's actually where you know the courts are based in the Hague, etc. So, I mean. The Dutch government should, by rights, be speaking out because it's a, a tradition in the Netherlands of upholding and maintaining international law. Yeah, it's not only even that. It's not only um, a tradition. It's in our constitution that we have to uphold international law. So they're 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 just neglecting our own constitution as well. So it's it's even worse, unfortunately. And we've seen the situation where now, I mean, the United uh, the United Nations General Secretaries invokes uh, Article 99. I mean, it's a fairly unprecedented situation. I can't remember any other situation where the United Nations have actually taken such a, a critical line over what Israel is doing. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's quite an interesting development. Yeah, and it should, if if people are listening in the in the Israeli government, it should ring a bell because I think it's it's like a, it's it's ten red flags at the same time. Stop! 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 change your ways, change your ways. But somehow they're deaf and they're blind and just continuing on this uh, path of destruction. Well, I mean, the current Israeli government doesn't seem any uh, to be paying any attention to uh, what its critics say, what international law says. They don't seem to care. But we're also seeing, I mean, criticism of them, which traditionally would be muted during a war in Israel, but the continuing criticism of the Netanyahu government, including by the families of the hostages, saying the priority should be the hostage release, not punishing Gaza. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, and another thing that's, that's also, I think, very crucial is uh, the whole uh, discussion now in the US, because the Senate, of course, didn't uh, agree on this new... A deal of Biden to support Israel with another package of billions and billions of support. So uh, you you all you also see in the U.S. a shift, and I think that is for from an Israeli perspective a big problem because uh, uh, the U.S. and Israel, when it comes to international 
context they're like uh, like this so i think it's it's a big problem if the us is is uh, yeah, is cutting uh, its support and is um, uh, is criticizing uh, then of course uh, the, perhaps israel will change their ways because i think in the end the us the united states of america is the only partner so to say that they listen to because of the money because of the support